0: Welcome, another edition of Making Money. The financial coach, Ron Hebert, retired portfolio manager, is with us. I'm Gord Whitehead, a retired broadcaster. Ron, I hearken back to when you and I first met about 45 years ago or whatever it was in the radio station I was working at. We had something called the Weekender Mobile, where the various on-air personalities would take this big RV out to surrounding communities and get involved in fairs and parades and things like that. And i remember whenever i would have to do it i would i would think to myself thank god i don't own this thing the amount of fuel that it uses and with the skyrocketing price of fuel is this sector i mean it's not just i know it's not just motor homes there's more in the rv sector how do we look at this right now
1: well there's a couple of things that have been hurting it number one is high fuel prices certainly and the other one is is higher interest rates but you know, you look at this list, it also includes motorcycles, airplanes, boats, snow machines, trailers, motorhomes, and all-terrain vehicles. And and certainly, uh, some of the ones, like you can get motorcycles and snow machines that, frankly, are tend to sip gas right now. So you've got the big gas guzzlers, certainly, like the high-powered boats, and, uh, and certainly the motorhomes. But uh, there's also vehicles for, you know, if you're budget minded, and you you can only afford a certain amount for operating expenses. So there's there's something out there for virtually anybody. And frankly, if you think the market is dying, just go out on any virtual uh, any long weekend and just oh, drive yeah. to a resort. And you'll see uh, an endless parade of recreational vehicles being towed of all all types and sizes or go out to any lake or any campground and just look at the. You know, walk through the campground and just with uh, in your mind, just go through and add up the dollar value of all the iron that's sitting there in one form or the other. It's really astounding. So there, there are a lot of different companies in this sector, and and a lot of them have
0: been around for a long time. Some of the automotive companies, as like BMW comes to mind, right? They make
1: they make motorcycles. Um, yeah, and but. I've uh, drank the BMW Kool Aid for years. <laughs> I've I've had BMW motorcycles for the last forty years, so you know, uh, you know. But they're that sector, just like Honda makes motorcycles. But frankly, you take a look at all the other things that these two companies do gourd, and you know, it's just a very small sliver of their overall revenue. So what we want to do here is look at some of the major players, but uh, look at the ones that are. The 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 recreational vehicles form uh, a pretty significant portion of uh, their overall revenue.
0: Okay, let's start with some of those. One that you you off the top of your list here, Polaris. They've been making snowmobiles for as long as I can remember. As an
1: example, yeah, and they're an American manufacturer of uh, ATVs, side by sides, boats, snowmobiles, and motorcycles. Uh, they own the Indian brand. And uh, their major brands include Indian and Ranger. Uh, They've got a yield of 2.1%. They've got a PE of 11. But the last five years have been pretty tough on these guys. The stock is up half a percent. That's not per year. It's up half a percent over the last five years. So, frankly, a lot of these companies are just getting back to where they were uh, before uh, we had the COVID shutdown. Harley-Davidson. Oh,
0: well, there's a name that most everybody knows. You may not be the biggest fan of them. They are a little noisy.
1: <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they're the when people think motorcycles, it's sort of the iconic American-made cruisers that they're famous for. Uh, symbol is HOG, H-O-G, trade in the U.S. They're six times earnings. They've got a yield of 1.9%, and their five-year stock price appreciation is 17. but that's not plus, that's down. So uh, here again, uh, some of the problems of some of these manufacturers, like Harley-Davidson, for example, is that their demographic is getting older and older. I mean, you look at the guys who ride Harleys, they're not exactly spring chickens. So Harley's got to figure out over the next few years how to start attracting younger riders, and they're trying to do that with electric bikes, with smaller bikes, uh, adding more technology, and so uh, it's been a difficult transition for them, and that that's reflected in, in their five-year stock price appreciation.
0: I have a company here in Canada that's been around for a while and makes a, a myriad of products. That's BRP.
1: Yeah, BRP, is uh, the symbol is do, as in ski do and sea-do. Uh, they're trading at 11 times earnings, have a yield of 0.7%. Uh, they're up 69% over the last five years, and they're a Canadian manufacturer, like you say, of ATVs, snowmobiles, boats, and three-wheel motorbikes. And, of course, it's the three-wheel motorbike lately
0: that it's has done them really, the boost,
1: yeah? Yeah, giving them a boost, because, frankly, uh, I'm starting to even see among some of my friends. I've got a friend of mine who uh, has a little bit of uh, balance issue, and uh, so he's... Uh, traded as bmw bull motorbike in on a can-am and so you're starting to see lots of can-ams out on the road and look who's riding them people are scared to get on a two-wheel bicycle a motorbike but they want the freedom and especially older people that are you that uh, just don't have the strength to hold the bike up anymore or have the balance to be able to ride it uh they're going to um uh, three-wheel machines so uh these guys have done very very well actually and um you know it it uh, there there's a lot of analysts that look at the stock and and the future quite brightly
0: all right let's talk a little bit about what i think a lot of us perceive as recreational vehicles travel trailers motorhomes things like that uh, and one of the companies that leads there is thor
1: yeah T H O, and uh they've got a pe of 10 a yield of 1.7 and stock price appreciation over the last uh, five years is 3.3%. So they're a little higher than where they were. And their major brands are Airstream, Heartland, Jayco. So they manufacture uh, the RVs. They're, they're a big player in that sector.
0: And a name that has been around
1: for a while too, Winnebago. Yeah, w G O P E of six. These stocks are pretty cheap right now. Yield one and a half percent. The stock is up over the last five years, is up sixty percent because the company has had a bit of a turnaround. Uh, they make fifth wheels, motorhomes, and boats. Their major brands are Winnebago, and uh, of course, uh, the very popular ski boat, especially which is Chris Craft, and uh, they, they're also another major brand is Burletta. Textron Industries. Yeah, most of us can't afford an aircraft, but uh, or a helicopter. But there's lots of people who can, and Textron is uh, big in aircraft, snowmobiles, helicopters, and engines. Its major brands are Cessna, Lycoming, Arctic Cat, Beechcraft, and Bell Textron, which which makes helicopters. They're 16 times earnings. They've got a yield of 0.1%, and their five-year price appreciation is 1%. In other words, in the last five years, the stock has moved 1%. So uh, some of these especially haven't been exactly stunning performers.
0: Okay, so what do we look at here when we think about this sector? What, wh- how do we tie this to the economy? I mean, we, we talk about high fuel prices. That has to be a concern for some of these people. Um, what else do we look at?
1: Well, certainly this sector is called consumer discretionary. It's because people only spend when they have the extra dollars available to do so. And, and of course, higher interest rates and inflation – have really stretched a lot of people's wallets. So sales growth is highest when the economy is growing, and wages are expanding, and unemployment is low. And of course, uh, things are starting to slow down now. Depends on who you talk to. I mean, I, I've thought we've been in a recession for a while, and and especially in places like in Europe, uh, where we've had a number of quarters in a row where the economy is down. And I think it, that's coming here, too. I just We've spent so much money uh, supporting people that aren't working through the, the COVID crisis we had. And their governments are going on spending huge amounts of money, which they can't do forever. And with rates rising and the economy slowing down, it's going to be interesting to see whether this sector is able to hold up. But one of the reasons we want to talk about it, Gord, is because this sector is really tied to the economic sector cycle. And so uh, these stocks are suitable for trading. They're not buy-and-hold stocks. You buy them when the economy is in recession and cheap, and you sell them when the economy is strong and sales are high. And, you know, if we do go into recession like a lot of people think we're going to go to into the second half of this year and these things get cheap, that's the time to buy them. Buy them when they're cheap. Uh, look at their trading range, and then when they have a nice run, say Hostile Avista baby.
0: Yeah, and here we are right now with um, you know recent interest rate hikes again by the Bank of Canada. I, I read, I think we're at the 22 years, the highest rates in 22 years. That's going to affect a lot of people. That with that discretionary cash is going to be limited, right? So this might be the time to really keep an eye on this sector.
1: Yeah, so we're we're we've been trying to throw in uh, some cyclical sectors for you to look at. Uh, In some upcoming shows, we've got the cement and uh, concrete industry, construction materials industry, because they're, again, that's a very cyclical industry. But it's an area you can make a lot of money on if you go into recession and you you have the courage to buy these things when they're cheap. Because when they come out the other side, um, you know, it's not hard for these things. They get so depressed and you buy them at the right time, you can get a double or triple on them.
0: All right, we're back again next week, and, and I guess maybe it's kind of timely. We're going to talk about tipping points in the
1: economy, right?
0: And investing. And Tipping,
1: tipping points are, are things that people should be watching for, and it's where uh, an economic cycle comes to an end and things change. And uh, you have markets, uh, bull markets growing out of it, but you also have bubbles that burst and markets collapse. So when you're at a tipping point, if you're in early, uh, you can make a lot of money. If you're, cat, you're not aware of the tipping point that's about to happen to you, uh, you can get hurt quite badly. And so we're going to talk about recognizing tipping points on our next show.
0: Back again next week with another edition of Making Money. If you have a, so, a show suggestion or a question you'd like to, to flesh something out a little bit more, feel free to drop us a note. Let's make money.ca is our website. You'll get to Ron and myself through there or through our friends at cfcw.com where we host the show. Back again next week to talk more about investing in finance with the financial coach, Ron Hebert. I'm Gord Whitehead. Thanks for joining us. The information presented is derived from sources believed to be reliable. This material is presented for information purposes only and does not constitute investment advice. Before acting on any investment information, a person should seek advice from an investment professional. The presenters may or may not hold positions in the securities discussed on this show and will not be responsible for any losses sustained from acting on this information.